Hey y'all, this is the 10th episode of the Southern Lodge Podcast. Today the guys and I will be discussing Mississippi hunting laws, what we like and what we don't like. On the sports side, we will examine why players sign bad contracts and why more sporting events aren't moved to different venues. Last but not least, we will add to our Southern Lodge list debate by reviewing our top five fizzy drinks. So pull up a chair to the fire and welcome to the Southern Lodge. Hey y'all, uh, it's the 10th episode of the show, we're finally hitting double digits, it's gonna be Michael and Danny in the beginning, Aaron's running a little late, he's gonna join us, uh, hopefully here not too long, but we're gonna get started with some sports talk for you since Aaron's our resident outdoorsman, uh, we're gonna discuss a little bit about why players sign bad contracts in them referring to really right now what's going on in the NFL with Julio Jones. Also maybe a little bit of Le'Veon Bell discussion because he didn't feel he was offered the contract that he deserved to be. And uh, we're also going to talk a little bit about sporting events and if they should be anchored to a specific city or if they should move them around, whether it be uh, in a sporting conference like the SEC, move it around the entire Uh, footprint of the conference or if it's something like the NFL like they're doing with the draft moving it to different cities or if it has to have an NFL team or if it can just be a a major city but first let's get started looking at these contracts Uh, Danny what do you think about uh, you know you're a Michigan State fan and Le'Veon is from there and he he turned down what was it um what was it five years 60 million or something like that Le'Veon should be the highest-paid running back in the league, period. Well, I mean, he was the second-leading receiver on the team and the leading rusher. I mean, there shouldn't even be a conversation with it, honestly. Well, he, he, he would have been if he would have signed his contract. Uh, I think until well, – the, until... the, the problem wasn't the, the total amount. It was the – guaranteed money like that was the big thing with Gurley's contract is Gurley got 45 million guaranteed so you know if going into camp this year he suffers a broken leg you know he's getting paid regardless because it's guaranteed and I think that's mainly what the running backs are looking for is they're looking for a little bit more insurance on their contracts which I don't blame them I mean the way that everybody else gets paid it's crazy yeah, I was going to say maybe it's because Le'Veon was a little older than Gurley, which he is, but Le'Veon's still only 26, and it's really that 30-year that thirty year age where running backs really start to fall off. But, I mean, you know, you say Le'Veon should have been the highest-paid player, but if he would have signed his contract, the, the one the Steelers offered him, and like I said, they, he was looking for the guaranteed money. But even so – they were all, it would have been it would have averaged out to 15 a year before Gurley signed his the the highest paid but beyond that would have been like 9 9 million and change so they were willing to offer him nearly 6 million dollars more than the second highest paid running back which in my but opinion it's, is it's fair compensation guaranteed money well yeah it's but, the guaranteed money well maybe they should collectively bargain for that which oh, it's gonna happen. Which brings me to Julio 
And it's not just Julio. It's also uh, Aaron Donald's doing a holdout now, and so is uh, Khalil Mack in Oakland. Those are a little different because I think they're still on rookie deals. I think they're on the last year of their rookie deal, so they're actually in you know contract negotiating seasons. Julio, though, still I believe has – two or three years left on a deal he signed. I think it's three. Yeah, on a deal he signed a couple years ago, and he's not happy because he's Sammy not. Sammy Watkins is getting paid more money than him. <laughs> what has Sammy Watkins done? It's not Sammy Watkins' fault that when he signed, there was more money in the league than when Julio signed. Is it? They should re-up his deal. No, they should pay him what he agreed to be paid. He signed that yeah, contract. You're trying to keep these players as in like good faith, and you know you're doing all your stuff that you want to do to keep them, you know, to have some loyal. I wouldn't say like give him up some outlandish amount of money, but I would up his deal. I mean, he's probably the best receiver in the league. Well, he's probably, but th- this is probably Julio's last contract. I mean, how rare is it for there to be someone like Randy Moss or Larry Fitzgerald where they play until they're like 35 or 30 something like that? Uh, but it's kind of like, well, was it a couple years ago when the NBA got their TV revenue in and the players were, I wouldn't say they were greedy, but they were short-sighted and like the league revenue on TV jumped from like 2 billion to 9 billion or something like that. And instead of gradually adding the money into the salary cap, the players wanted all that money immediately, which meant that a player the year before that would have got like two years at five million was getting he was you know he he was getting like twelve to twenty million a year instead of five million just because there was cash there and they had to use it and you know people were going to pay because they had the money the guy wasn't worth the money but he he was getting it my thing is that's the way with the NFL is yeah it's going to go up every the the salary cap's been going up every year but the teams don't know how much it's going to go up. So, so say you were to sign, when they signed Julio Jones, he was probably, you know, I'm not looking at the contract or anything, but knowing when he signed it, he was probably the top one of the top three wide receivers being paid. Yeah, that looks good. I mean, that was a good deal. It's not, it's not the Falcons' fault that they signed a good deal at the time, but also that the salary cap has increased and more teams have been able to pay lesser players because there's more money. It's not their fault. He should have, he should have signed a shorter contract. I mean, I understand that the kind of conversation of playing out your 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 deal and all that, and and I I do think that's something you're going to start seeing in the future a little bit more with NFL players, especially at skill positions, shorter deals. I think that's going to be a very big topic. Um, yeah, I just I don't see like especially running backs. I don't think you're going to see many. Five, six-year deals. I think you're going to see a two years, three years. Same with receivers. You know, why lock it up when the market does change and, you know, you're the best player in the league? There was no incentive at that point. Yeah, it would be kind of like more Kirk Cousin deals, the $97 million fully guaranteed, but it was only three years. Um, but, but, I mean, it's the same thing. And players have always done this, but and I've had discussions with people before, mainly my dad, where, you know, the guy – he signs he signs a decent deal and then he catches fire for a couple of years and then he wants to renegotiate his contract but it's still the same thing if you don't 
play well, they still got to pay you what you sign for. So it's a gamble on both ends, and that's what the negotiating process is. That I mean, you sign the long-term deal for more stability, but it's still a gamble, and that's why they do it, because if they did a short-term they could have a couple of slow years and then they don't get the payday well, or if they do a long one and they have some great years, then they're still locked into that one. But the my thing is is you're not going to give money back if you don't play up to what you know they signed you to. I mean that's sure. kind of how it's kind of how baseball is. Um, all these guys that sign contracts aren't they always fully guaranteed? Or is that basketball? Basketball and baseball have fully guaranteed contracts, but that's the bad thing about baseball is especially like pool holes and a rod and all them. They had those massive contracts that they signed when they were like 34 and they were signing these seven year deals, but it was based on what they had done, you know, the previous five. So they signed these seven year deals and the teams only got like three years of production for them. And then they don't, they don't play any, but they still have to pay them. It's not like, it's not like they got to give money back. Hockey's like that too. I know the Red Wings are on the the uh, hook for a guy that's got concussion syndrome, hasn't played in like five years, and they're still paying. He's got a salary cap, which is only five million a year, but that's a lot for hockey. I think a salary cap in hockey is only like forty nine or fifty million or something like that. Yeah, I think that's probably the second. I think the lowest I heard was Major League Soccer had like at the time. I think theirs was like three to five million, and that was last year, the year before, and that was for the whole team. But um, no, I just think like I ain't got a problem with Julio holding out and wanting to do this. But if he sits during the year, I think it's ridiculous. You know, you signed a contract, you're a grown man, you've he got won't mu- sit through the year. Well, no, uh, he's threatening it. But you you signed a contract, you pay money, people, you pay, you know, you pay your agents. They should be able to look into the future a little bit. You know, especially when the TV money really started rolling in a couple of years ago, they should have been saying, guys, let's sign some shorter deals because the m- more money is going to be coming. But so uh, that's my little gripe fest on think, players playing I through their contracts. Khalil, Khalil Max, one of the ones that deserves to be paid. He's probably the best defense end in the freaking NFL. Um, Was he a defensive end or a linebacker? He's more of a defense end. I'd consider Von Miller more of a linebacker. Right. Oh, I think Mack, because who does Oakland have without Mack? Um, they got a couple older guys, but, you know, Mack's their young yeah. guy. Aaron Donald's going to get paid. Maybe. <laughs> they want, they're want they paying everybody else but him. Yeah, they gave a lot of money to Brandon Cooks. I was surprised no by crap. what he got. They gave him a bunch. They gave Gurley a bunch. They're going to have to sign uh, the quarterback. Yeah, they got a couple years uh, for that, though. He's only on the second. No, he's on his third year. Third year. Of his fight, yeah. Two more? He's cheap for this year and the next year, and then I think I think it balloons in that fifth year is like 15 or $20 million. I mean, but they got, they got some guys that – they have some really good players. They have a window, the Rams do. I think the Rams have like a two- or three-year window. If they don't hit it in that window – they're going to have trouble keeping everybody signed. Well, the Rams are trying to do what the Seahawks did. Have their young quarterback that's not paid a lot, build a build a good defense. Now, uh, yeah, the Seahawks had Lynch, so there's your running back. But I'm, Gurley's getting paid more than Lynch was. But the Rams are trying to build it like the Seahawks did, where they had their 
you know, cheap quarterback, good running back, and then a great defense is what they're trying to do. But, uh, well, the Rams have a better receiver than the Seahawks ever had, so. They got better defensive tackles than the Seahawks ever had, too. Yeah, which is, I don't believe, the Legion of Boom, Earl Thomas and Cam Chancellor and Richard Sherman, in my opinion, is a little overrated because, honestly, when the Legion of Boom was the Legion of Boom, the front seven for the Seahawks was nasty and quarterbacks were trying to throw the ball in two seconds. A lot of those picks came from the defensive line. Well, they're still – they were still pretty damn good, their defensive backfield. Earl Thomas, Sherman, um, Cam Chancellor. Who was the other corner that was pretty decent? Um, Brandon Browner, the one that just, I think, tried to murder his girlfriend or wife or something. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, he's going to jail for a while. He was one of them. Um, But, I mean, the, the Rams are loaded. You know, you got Sue. Uh, Aaron Donald. They got a linebacker too, don't they? It's really good. Uh, yeah, he's um. Gosh, who is it? He's a kid from Georgia, isn't he? Alec uh, Ogletree. No, Ogletree got Ogletree traded. Got they traded. traded that's right. To the Giants. Was it the Giants or the Jets? It was the Giants because they got uh. Crap! Who did they pick up? I forget who it was. It was somebody, but it was a, it was a trade to them. Um, I mean, the big thing with you're, if you can't block their defensive tackles, good luck. The Rams are going to eat you alive. That's right. I mean, they do have Lamarcus Joyner. The, yeah, the, the safety. I think he is. Yeah the the Ooh, NFC they, is going to be filthy next year. I mean, who do you got in the AFC? You got the Patriots. You got the Steelers. Jacksonville is probably going to be there just because of the weak division and that defense is was historic last year. But in the NFC, you got – I mean, really, you got three teams out of the NFC South. You got the Panthers. Uh, you got the Saints. You got the Falcons. Um, the Cowboys were 13-3 and two years ago. They're reloading. I mean, Zeke will be healthy and – not suspended for a year. Eagles just won the Super Bowl. You got the Vikings. We're in the Packers, NFC Championship the game. Packers. Uh, I don't know if we can throw the Lions in there or not, Danny. We're they gonna were have to see something. Seven last year, they should have. They got screwed against the Falcons. They should have made the playoffs last year. Well, and then you got the uh, you got the Rams out west, and maybe the Seahawks have had no. won ten game. I, mean, I don't think they're going to do anything, but they did go nine and seven last year, like the Detroit Lions. So. I, the NFC is stacked. It's uh, it, it, it's it's a lot harder to come out of the NFC than it is going to come out of the AFC. That's all I'm saying. A lot a lot of yeah. young talent in the NFC too. Uh, it seems like the uh, the teams in the the AFC are got some old talent on them, and there's fewer teams. That, I don't, I don't I know think, if the NFC's just done better drafting or what. I think the two divisions that are going to be the toughest out of all of football is going to be the NFC North and the NFC South. I think you can almost put a shoe in for the the Eagles. The Cowboys haven't fixed their defense, um, in my opinion. I don't think the Cowboys will challenge them. I don't think Dax, uh, you know, take the top off the, off the defense either. I think he's more of a game manager. Sorry, Aaron. Um, <laughs> I also think the Rams are going to walk away with the West unless uh, the Niners do something. Yeah, I mean, 
possibly the Seahawks, but Russell Wilson would have to have like the greatest quarterback season ever because he doesn't have anybody to block for him. <laughs> Don't you I mean, forget they drafted Rashad Penny in like the first round? Yeah. Uh, I just I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's going to be the NFC South and NFC North because, I mean, you literally have three teams in each division that are pretty daggone good. I mean, in Chicago starting to build up. Um, they you know, should be improved. Um, you're on the Twitter, right? Yeah. You, you follow the Twitter. Uh, do you follow the NFL Network on Twitter? Mm-hmm. Did, uh, this was like a month ago. Uh, I don't know who this old man is. Uh, apparently he was around when Pepperidge Farm remembers things and candy cost a nickel. But Gil Brandt is the man's name. And apparently he was a scout or something for the Cowboys during the 70s when, you know, the Cowboys were actually relevant. Um, but he put together, a, I mean, he put together a bunch of lists and, uh, you know, top safeties and, you know, he, he made a bunch of position lists for... They were garbage. I know exactly Okay, what they were garbage, about. but that's not the one I'm talking about. I mean, yeah, so, the way he tried to put old-time footballs compared to today's players, you just can't do it. But anyway... The man ranked the quarterback groups per division uh, in the NFL. And he ranked the NFC South third. Who do you put first? This is all going by memory. I'm a little upset about it. But I want to say he put the NFC East and maybe the NFC North or the AFC North or something ahead of it. It should be the NFC North because you think about it. you got Aaron Rodgers, Stafford, and... Kirk Cousins. I, I mean, could I could see an argument for that one, but the NFC South is one or two. They're they're not third. There's no. I mean, how uh, you got Cam Newton, Matt Ryan, two MVP MVP players, Drew Brees, who I think, if you made a list of the most under underappreciated or undervalued or most disrespected players, Drew Brees could probably be in the top two or three on that list. The man put up offensive numbers and carried terrible Saints teams and can't win an MVP. And Matt Ryan and Cam He's Newton never can. Won one? No, never won an MVP. I didn't know that. The year he should have was a lot and everybody uh I read an article about it and uh a, a guy interviewed some voters and it was was it the 2011 season? It was one of the years Aaron Rodgers won one. And everybody said it probably should have gone to Drew Brees. But Drew Brees, I don't know if it's because he plays in New Orleans or because he's short or they think it's a system. But the man just does not get the credit for the numbers he puts up. I mean, Stafford doesn't either. Stafford never gets it. It's I think it's just their smaller markets, the New Orleans and the Lions, Detroit. They don't get all the hype. I mean, it doesn't matter how good the Lions play. They'll never get any love. You know, they could be – 12-0, and 0, and they're like, oh, they're going to lose to the Cleveland Browns tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just – it's. I stopped listening to what they say about the Lions because it's just – honestly, it's bullshit. Um, I, I get tired of it. But they're, they're so biased. I mean, they probably put the AFC uh, East up there because Tom Brady's in it, even though all the rest, the rest of the quarterbacks in that conference are garbage. Oh, I know. Honestly, uh, I mean – you know, I would put the north and the south of the NFC one and two, just like I would put those two probably two best divisions in football. Period. 
I mean, they're three. Those conferences are loaded, or divisions. Oh, they are. Uh, and well, other than Jameis Winston, um, but Jameis even has all the talent in the world. He just can't get it together. Trubinsky, you know, we'll see how he makes a year two jump. That's. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Uh, if if the two, well, Jameis. I mean, Jameis isn't what his hand year four. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he should have he should have thrown a jump, uh, shown more of a jump than what he has, but he's been injured, uh, so he's injured. A dipshit is what he's been. He can't he can't get out of his own way, in my opinion. Jameis has too much arrogance and too much of a prima donna, in my opinion. I would agree with that. That's just you know, he. It's just the way that he carries himself. He just carries himself a little differently, and then he just does dumb crap in, in the off, like in his free time. You know, he doesn't put himself in the best position. You know, he's always dealing with something. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. Like I said, I I'm a firm believer in the NFC North and NFC South could possibly get you know two or three teams in in the playoffs, depending on how the season goes. I think I saw something the other day, and it had uh, – oh, shoot, I know they had the Saints and the Falcons. The Falcons in from the south, and I think they had the Packers and Vikings in from the north, and that was their projection, so. Yeah, I mean, the only conference I saw that had three was going to be in the AFC, and it was the AFC South with uh, Tennessee, Jacksonville, and Houston all getting in. But that goes back to the AFCs just week, you know. You have Pittsburgh, you got New England. Um, the West is a crapshoot. I think San Diego's gonna, LA's gonna win that. Um, the Chargers, and then you're, the most competitive division in that side is gonna be the AFC South. Right. But I mean, it's exciting, you know. The camp's going back. I think the Lions start tomorrow. And a lot of people are back and going, and you know that guy that got drafted in the third round of the supplemental draft a couple weeks ago, a week ago, done for the year. Yeah, he like separated his shoulder, had to have surgery because <laughs> they, you know, another podcast I listened to, they're talking about how talented he is, but their big concern with him was his size <laughs> and how they didn't know if he could hold up. And that was on Twitter earlier. <laughs> and they, the guy that does the podcast is like, "Well, then my concern was right." <laughs> and I just kind of laughed. Uh. Shoot, yeah, fantasy season's gonna be coming up soon. We're uh, we're we're gonna bring y'all a live fantasy draft on here. Uh, we just gotta figure gotta it wait out. Till I gotta figure out when the rest of my leagues are because I know I'm in at least two more, two other ones. Well, I like to wait a little bit longer too. That way, you last week of the preseason. Yeah, that way you <laughs> so watch you know out for injuries. Injured. Yeah, <laughs> I remember when Jordy went down a couple of years ago. A lot of people got hurt by that one. Oh, yeah, it happens every year. Somebody's going to get hurt. And how do you – I mean, that, you can't recover from that, especially if it's like somebody you took in the first round. It sucks. Oh, yeah. Uh, last year I went four for four in my fantasy leagues. That's probably why you haven't invited me to any other leagues. Y'all are scared of me Did being... you play that work one with me? No. I thought you were in that work one. We uh-uh. might need extras if you want to play. I'll, I'll um, get in on I don't on. know if we're – I don't know if we're paying for money, but I'm playing for money with Dylan, um, and we're doing a live draft on that one. 
<laughs> but the weird thing about that is you can trade draft picks. Really? And there's 12 or 12 or 13 people in the league, dude, and I have the last pick. <laughs> <laughs> so I get like back-to-back pick or no. I don't have a lot. I have like the second to last pick. So my picks are kind of near each other, the two, two, but it's like after that, I'm screwed. Yeah, this year is going to be a little tougher because last year I relied on a, not a lot of rookie players, but like I took Kareem Hunt and I took Alvin Kamara. and That saved you. Yeah, my running backs really did save me because at one point I had, I had Zeke, Kamara, Hunt, Dalvin Cook, and Melvin Gordon of the Chargers. That that was my running backs. I think week one or two. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean that was that's a good lineup. I mean I got a couple rookies that I think will do. Yeah. To well, me though, they're just you know there's there's maybe the kid and I'm giving and it's secrets not away. Barkley. No, it's the kid out of the Colts. Uh, Niam or whatever. There's just you know everybody was like everybody knew Kareem Hunt was gonna because was gonna have a thing. I knew as soon as the Saints Nobody drafted Kamara, like that well, was the perfect fit. You didn't know Kareem Hunt was going to have one. The dude got hurt like the last week of preseason, didn't he? No, but all the insiders and everybody were like, Kareem Hunt, he went to the best spot he could go to. There, he, the, There's nobody in front of him, really. Hey, if you're looking for a running back that could do something, Kareem Hunt. And it wasn't just like one or two guys. Everybody was saying that about Kareem Hunt. And I'll share my one of my secrets about this year. I think Carrion's going to have a good year. I think Carrion got slipped on a lot in the draft. Yeah. But with them having also having LeGarrette Blunt, I don't think he's going to score a ton of touchdowns. Because yeah. I think that's going to be a blunt area. See, that's the thing you got to watch out to being a homer. See, like I was able to sleep on Kamara just because he didn't play a lot at Tennessee and the Saints had just signed Adrian Peterson. So – Everybody was looking at at, at uh, Kamara to be a third running back, and I was like, "Nope." So I was, a, I think I got him in like the second to last round or something like that. I can see him taking a step back this year. Uh, a lot of people are saying Kamara is a top five fantasy pick. He should. I mean, based on what he did last year, yes, he should be. But especially with Mark Ingram being hurt. Yep. Or not hurt, but suspended. Cause he's a, lot a, ta- a lot of people are a lot of people are talking about us. You know, you may want to wait on David Johnson too, just because he missed a year. He yeah, might be a little rusty. God awful. That's what I'm saying. They're saying you may not want to. You may want to wait for him. You know, if, maybe if you got the last pick, and you know, if you got a late first round, early second round, he's still there, but not. I'm not taking a single Arizona no. Cardinal player. Their their team their their offense is god awful. I can already guarantee sucks. you – I can already tell you who the top three players are going to be taking. It's going to be a mix between Gurley, um, Le'Veon, Antonio, Zeke. or Zeke. I threw Antonio in there because there might be a you know wide receiver. He He's like the number one receiver. But th- we can talk about this on another episode. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll have a pre-fantasy draft show where we just discuss everything. But I was really hoping Aaron would get in studio and we'd be able to – talk about some other things before we get to this next one because he goes to sporting events and i want to get his take on this next one but um uh they just had sec media days in atlanta at the college football hall of fame this is like the first time in my living memory that it hasn't been in birmingham at the at the hyatt or at the wyndham or whatever the hotel is there in birmingham um and uh, it's held there because the SEC headquarters are in Birmingham. Uh, 
Uh, I like that they moved it to Atlanta. It gets them in a different city, gets some exposure. But the SEC and a lot of different leagues, they lock in on certain certain cities. And I, I know it's, you know, a lot of it has to do with schedules and, you know, if it's a big event and if you go to the Georgia Dome every year, they know what to expect. But college football has grown so much and you want to get your exposure out there, why not play your, at least, you know, we're t- oh, I'm talking about football right now, but yeah, Atlanta's got an NFL team, but you know who else has NFL stadiums? In the SEC footprint, New Nashville. Orleans, Nashville, Jacksonville, Tampa. New Orleans is a dump, um, though, bro. You could even go to Dallas or Houston. Auburn plays in Dallas next year. They play Oregon. That's what I'm saying. Like, did you just say New Orleans was a dump? Yes, it is. That's why everybody – that's why every NFL player wants to play the Super Bowl there. Mm. It's a dump. I'm just saying, though, there's multiple cities that they could go to. They don't have to keep having it in, in Atlanta. And if Texas A&M makes it, not saying they will because, you know, it's obviously going to be Alabama. But, you know, for teams that are further west, their fan base, that's a longer trip than Georgia, who is literally an hour away from Atlanta. Probably a money thing, too, though. Well, I, I don't mean, know if they've offered – I mean – you know, honestly, Nashville is probably the most centrally located, but Atlanta does have a big hub airport. You know, you can get in and out pretty easy and relatively inexpensive with the flights. That too, but I, I, I like also you got know, the newest stadium. Then, then why does the SEC play its baseball tournament in Hoover every year? Uh, I mean, I think that's more of a tradition. I wouldn't be careful what you ask for that. That might change too, though. I kind of wish it would. Uh, it, let it go. If you won the conference tournament, then maybe you should host the tournament. I mean, I think I think the SEC tournament game for like football. I don't know if it'll ever get out of Atlanta because of the way the money is. I think it's a money thing, the way they they put money in or charge or something. I think it, that's what it is. It's a, I mean, because it's always been there. I mean, I'd like to see it. Well, in my living memory, well, I mean, it's only been going on since 92 and that's where it's been but uh but i mean baseball and basketball it only you know it used to be only you know hoover i don't know how many seats hoover has maybe what 12 to fifteen thousand or something like that you know that used to be a big stadium but now that's pretty much average for sec stadiums for baseball i mean lsu holds i know holds 12 to fourteen thousand. i mean that's that's what sec schools build to nowadays so why wouldn't you if if a uh, if a team I wouldn't even say the regular season champion because that might be a little too biased but if you won the tournament the previous year you should get to host the tournament the next year because mm. then it rewards you for being the best. Play that damn thing at, at the Braves Stadium. Well, that too. I mean, you could play it at the at the Braves. You could play it at the the Rays. Are looking to get a new stadium. You could play it at the Astro uh, Tampa, the Astros. Tampa's not in the footprint. And, and it's really, in Florida? Truly, yeah, but, I mean, that's way south. I mean. It's in the middle of the state. Hoover's in the heart of SEC, though. Yeah. I mean, Houston, as it, you know, with picking up A&M, yeah, it is in the footprint, but not really. Houston and Texas as a whole is still going to be Big 12 country. 
you know, SEC can go in there and pick some guys out of there, sure. But as a whole, it's still Big 12. Yeah, that's a good point about Texas, Danny, but I, I still think the SEC can pull better out of there. Well, look who just joined on the internet. That would be old Mr. Aaron coming in with, I'm sure he's got some Southern Lodge sweet tea and he's just ready to go to get into these debates and tell us how big of fools we are and that we just don't know nothing. Um, Aaron, what me and Danny yes, were, uh, oh, you, you got some on you? Well, I did, I did want to let you know, I am uh, enjoying a glass of Southern Lodge sweet tea and sitting here thinking about how blessed or blessed I am to be sitting here around the fire once again with you fine gentlemen. Oh, and I forgot to ask, how are you doing today, Aaron? Oh, fantastic, Michael. Thank you so much for asking. Well, there, how are there you, you today? go. I, I'm doing great. It's the um, busy time of the year for you, huh, Aaron? Oh, my gosh. It's getting crazy. Yeah, the, I, You know, in the summertime, it slacks off a good bit as far as the pace. And uh, what I always tell other teachers when we're getting close to this time of the year is we're about to hit game speed. And I, I use a lot of football and war metaphors in my line of work, and I don't know that it's always applicable, but, I, I mean, in this metaphor it makes sense. you got to do a lot of planning up front, just like you got to draw out the battle plans, because when the shots start firing and everybody's running around like – chickens with their heads cut off it's really hard to stay organized so you got to stay planned ahead of time but hey we're, we're coming up to game speed right now uh two weeks out and whoo how's the transition yep, going about, into the new role oh yeah it's going great yeah i've uh summertime i've gained about 10 pounds <laughs> and i'm about to lose all of that in about a month because i won't be eating lunch for a while if I do, it'll be a boiled egg. Well, Aaron, you, you've got these sayings, you know, you gotta you gotta prepare and all this. What what about the one everybody's got to plan got to plan until they get hit in the mouth? What what do you think about that one? Hey, and that happens too. We we metaphorically get hit in the mouth <laughs> all the time. Well, just pack your lunch up and bring it with you. Have it, in, but put a little mini fridge in your in your office with some Southern Lodge sweet tea and your lunches and. You know, just make sure nobody looks in your fridge. Danny, I, I've got a question for you because when Aaron told me about this, I, I just couldn't believe it. Aaron, you know, got his little promotion, and he's he's the head man in charge. He's got a new office. His office has a private bathroom. It doesn't open to the hallway. It's in his office. He lets other people use his restroom. No, heck no. See, I, that's what I said. Heck say. no. If I'm if I'm the head man in charge here, <laughs> ain't nobody. I'm gonna enjoy my bathroom breaks in peace. <laughs> I might even leave the door open. <laughs> <laughs> that's one good thing now, about living now, by yourself is I never shut the doors when I go to the bathroom. Look, that that bathroom in my office is a godsend because uh, I, I like to drink coffee, but coffee does things to me. Oh, and, sure. Uh, sometimes, yeah, while I'm at work, I mean, I, I'm going to use the bathroom. It's going to happen. So I can shut my office door, though, go in that, that little uh, bathroom right there, and it is so peaceful. You know, other places 
are not acoustically friendly to people using the bathroom. <laughs> so a passerby in the hallway might hear everything going on, but not in this one, man. It's, it's pretty soundproof. Aaron, that, Aaron, that's not the problem we have with this story. The problem we have is that you let other people use your bathroom. Well, I bought a good bottle of poopery, which I don't know if you guys have heard of that stuff, but that is magic. That's a plug. A That's a plug. We need a sponsorship. Well, is that a brand poopery? The kind I brought, yeah. it's actually called something different, but it's it's that it's a spray and it like creates this film on top of the water and it it I won't say it knocks out 100% of the smell, but it's like 75% of it. It would knocks you, it down a good bit. Would you recommend people to buy it? Uh, if they're willing to sponsor us, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Outside of this show, yeah, absolutely. That's Um, awesome. And now I've actually seen it. I've never tried it though. They they sell it at the uh, checkout counters in most grocery stores. They got it in the little travel bottles. Yeah, yeah. We don't. We won't name names on grocery stores because they won't give you crap. No, I mean I. I mean, if I ever have a chick over and that happens to happen, I mean come up i have two bathrooms but i'll tell you no i I don't know if i should tell this story well i was in another state before i went on vacation when i met a chick that i went hung out with about two o'clock in the morning i don't know what we ate but my stomach was killing me and i was she was passed out i was like i was looking for another bathroom couldn't find it i was searching (laughs) everywhere trying not to make sure i wasn't running her roommates (laughs) and i Finally, I was like, dude, I can't Jeez. hold I almost left. I almost left and went to a gas station. That's how bad it was. But I finally, it was just like, crap, I'm just going for it. You know, if, it, if she finds out, she finds out. If not, I'm good. <laughs> but it was an interesting, that was the first time that's ever happened to me. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. Should this, have brought uh, some of your poopery stuff. That's what I'm saying. You know, that would have been a perfect opportunity to keep a bottle in your pocket all the time, especially a little travel size, you know? Yeah. Mike, Mike, it would come. Yeah. Mike, that would come in handy at the hunting club, don't you think? I think, I think it would. Yeah. Especially since didn't, didn't you break the poop fan or the fart fan? No, it's been broken. Oh, but Danny, just so you know, in case you ever invite Michael hunting, he does not, but you already went hunting with him, I think. He did not poop for a week when he came with me. It's and when it he's finally too happened, when it finally happened, there are not enough adjectives <laughs> intense enough to describe how terrible it smelled. It's it's like a bear when he gets into a nervous situation, he just plugs himself up and then all them them gases just build and build until it until that plug gets released and it it it's an un no, it's not. A, it's a, a familiarity thing. You know, you got to be comfortable where you put your butt. And I've got to get comfortable before I can let Mother Nature take its course. You, you hey, by we the way, together, you didn't go at all. I think you went like once. Yeah. So I, I went, uh, I flew for the first time this past weekend, guys. First time. How'd you do? It was like New it Orleans was, to Orlando. <laughs> that is 500 miles man so it took you 45 minutes awesome. uh out we were now it said an hour and 20 something minutes but like by the time the plane leveled off and the, like the seatbelt sign came off down. we were only in like 45 minutes yeah, yeah it was not bad yeah but my point from... is 
Yeah. We got to the airport in New Orleans, which is not the cleanest airport, apparently. Uh, <laughs> Orlando's was way cleaner. But uh, New Orleans, we went to the bathroom, number one. I went, number one. And uh, I was like, dang, this is a nasty bathroom. Well, wouldn't you know, the flight doesn't leave for three more hours because we got there super early and it got delayed. We we ate at a little restaurant in there, and I I just <laughs> felt something kick me in the gut. And uh, that sucked. That I mean, I, I won't go into detail. I just, it sucked. So We were on you, the topic. So When you flew, did you get up to go to the bathroom at all, or did you stay in your seat? No, I was good. Once we got on the plane, like, it really wasn't that bad. I'm, I am kind of scared of heights, but it's more about falling than it is, like, being up high. Did? I'm scared of them. So, I, got, I get real nervous on flights. I just, I sit there, and I just sweat. Did? <laughs> There's... There's no changing. Did like, you did you pray for the plane to land, or did you clap when it did land? Nope. Neither. Okay. Good. Good. Well, see, everybody's always like when they're flying, they're like, "Oh, it sucks." You know, the takeoffs and the landing are the worst. Like, heck no, that's the best part. <laughs> you know, it's, it's sitting up in the air. Like, I had to fly from Cincinnati to Houston, which was a couple hour flight, and I had like. It was a really, really small plane. So you hit anything, it's like, <laughs> you're like bouncing up and down. I was like, oh, God, I'm going down on this thing. <laughs> I was so scared. But I flew from Dallas to Miami in a great big old 747 with uh, American Airlines. And it was great. You know, we hit a pretty crazy little uh, pocket on the way down when we got over near Miami. But we were just going, and then we had like a, a drop, and it was pretty scary. Everybody started screaming. <laughs> I think the the longest flight I've ever done was like twelve hours, and that was Atlanta to Anchorage up in Alaska. And then the second one was coming back. We did Vancouver to Houston. I think that was like nine or eight hours. I've never. That's a that's a long flight. Mine's yeah. from Dallas to Miami, which was uh, I think it was like three, something like that. I mean, honestly, it wasn't bad. Um, what that was a, that was probably one of my better flights because I was in such a big plane. But I I just don't fit well on planes because you know I'm six two six three, I'm not a small guy, and I always seem to get sitting next to guys that are like six five five hundred pounds. Yeah, I have to take the aisle seat. I I can't sit in the middle or the window. I have to be on the aisle. That way, I can like lean out into the aisle and have some room. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They all typically, I, I typically uh, do. when you're when you're flying, most of these flights y'all are taking are they on those like Airbus? I think we were on an Airbus 320. Is that a like, and that's a that's a smaller plane, right? Uh, um, I'm not really sure. Is a big yeah. airplane, right? The well, the one I flew from Dallas to Miami had it was like three seats on both sides plus like four in the middle, and so normally what I fly is. Three on each side. Yeah, that's usually okay, that's, how that's the normal size. Yeah, but the other one, the one I flew from Dallas, Miami, was big. I mean, it was real big. But the one I flew from Cincinnati to Houston was two seats on one side, one on the other. Yeah, <laughs> it that's <was> small. <laughs> I've flown a lot of those Dallas to Mobile, uh, but most of my flights are for work, and it's it's Mobile to Dallas to somewhere in Texas or something. So it's. Yeah, it's two seats on one side, one on the other, or it's a three and two. It's they're not big planes. What I get on, so usually like, those aren't. Full I needed. Either. 
I would have liked people to give me a rundown of things to expect on an airplane because everybody's like, oh, the takeoff, you're going to feel a little bit of a rush, you know, if you hit any turbulence. But what I wish people would have said is when you're driving down the runway, like when you pull away from the, uh, the, the what is the thing, the ramp or whatever that you load off the of, gate. you know, the, the, the gate. gate. When you pull away from that, you're still like 10 minutes from taking off. So yeah. don't be like expecting to pull away and just take off from there, which I was, and I don't know what I was thinking. But as you're driving down the runway and you look out the window and you see the wings bouncing a little bit, <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. I wish somebody would have told me that. Because I was looking out the window scared? thinking, I was like, holy crap, is that wing supposed to bounce like that? <laughs> and I, I looked at Tristan and I said, look at that thing. And and when we took off, you know, even when you're in the air, it moves a little bit. Yep. Best advice, sit at the front of the plane, dude. That's the smoothest part of this ride. Front's yeah, we were in the, the very back. Yeah, that's who, a pretty bumpy ride. Who did you fly with? Tristan. No. Oh, Spirit. Oh, sp- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I tell you the um the Allegiant brand is uh it's cheap, but you definitely get what your friend pays for. That's all I'll say about that. I'll tell you that I my favorite thing to fly is Southwest. Southwest they Every plane that I've had has been relatively new. No, like, issues with it having any mechanical issues. I had one that, man, the, the plane broke down right before we got on it, and that's a little uneasy if you're not the biggest fan <laughs> of flying as the damn thing's broken down. It's like, oh, God, you know, is this thing going to break down while I'm up in the air? Cause I'll, I'll so, in reality, sure what, what happens if one of those engines goes out in the air? They emergency land to a, you can make it. I mean, they'll just divert to the nearest runway or city and land. It's when the second one goes out that you got problems. That that's when that Ron white joke that uh, is funny comes into, comes into view. And it's the, when the first engine goes out, the guy looks at him and goes, how far can the second one engine take us? And the guy and Ron white goes all the way to the scene of the crash. That's where that comes in. (laughs) Yeah, you'll be all right. I mean, but I've, Southwest is pretty good. American's obviously pretty good. Delta, I mean, all the big. I ones fly are United good. and American. That's that's what I fly. Southwest, I would you know the price and you know the quality of the planes. I've always had really good luck with them. I will also say that if you ever get the chance, you know, if you ever go, I wouldn't do it if you're only like on an hour and a half flight, two hour flight. But if you're ever flying a little further than that. And they offer you an upgrade to first class, and it's not too expensive. You should take it. Uh, flying in first class, I, I did it, and I've ruined myself. I've made a I've made a pledge to myself that if I go somewhere for vacation, and it's longer than you know two three hours, uh, maybe three hours is pushing it, but I'm gonna fly first class because it's it's so much more room, free drinks, it's 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 as stress free flying as you can get. Unless and you get a TV, don't you? Your own personal TV. Yeah, you get a personal TV. Um, yeah. About the only if you wouldn't is if you know, like you and your wife travel, and you're if you are able to get the two seats by themselves on one aisle, then it's a little different because you know you and her obviously don't mind being all up on each other. So, but 
like I said, if you ever get the chance, if you ever fly again and they offer you a first class upgrade for like seventy five bucks a ticket, you should take it. That's all I'm saying. All right. Uh, you know, since we're not talking about sports or hunting or anything that this show is supposed to be about, I'm sitting here doing the podcast, watching TV, texting on my phone. I'm multitasking like crazy. Shark Week is on Discovery Channel. I don't know if anybody has watched the garbage that Discovery Channel produces for Shark Week anymore, but I, I, I just watched it the other day, and I'm just like, what are they doing? Like, Shark Week used to be interesting. They used to they used to make real shows that would teach you things, and now it's Shaq getting in a shark cage and Rob Riggle pretending to be attacked by sharks and Ronda Rousey going to fight a Mako. I, I don't even know what they're doing anymore. I haven't watched it in years. That, you ain't missing much. Like I said, I think what was a couple years ago they did the fake mermaids, or maybe that was something else, and then they did a, a fake documentary about tracking a megalodon, which was obviously fake, and they like invented a megalodon shark attack and stuff. It's it it's like rea- it's like they got reality TV producers making Discovery Channel Shark Week documentaries now. Hmm. I, I haven't watched it so long. I have not the slightest idea. Aaron? Did we lose Aaron? I did notice Jaws. Okay. Hey, uh, I did notice Jaws was on the other night. Watched a little bit of that before bed. That was nice. Jaws is really is that movie that makes you not want to go back in the water. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I think that'd be a pretty cool way to die. Like, there's worse ways to die, you know? We, uh, there, there's die. better ways as well, but... <laughs> that, oh, better ways. No, 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 no. I meant worse. I meant worse. Yeah. Uh, I was talking to somebody today, and they were like, yeah, man, we, we were talking hunting, and they were just like, you know, every year it seems like somebody gets hit by a stray bullet by accident. That's how I, I don't want to die by some jackass shooting me and, and thinking I'm a deer. You know, that would suck. Uh, they better kill me. We don't have I'm to get on a tangent fire. about sucky ways to die, but I, I mean, be, being killed that. by a fifty-foot, <laughs> being killed by a fifty-foot shark, you'd be pretty famous, I think. Yeah, because it doesn't you're the exist. First person, di- yeah, yeah, you'd be the first person killed by a shark of that size. Yeah, That's but documented. see, see, being eaten by a fifty-foot shark wouldn't be bad because one bite, you know, you're all gone. But no, getting bit by a ten-foot shark that only takes half your leg, and then you've got nothing but pain and bleeding. No, that sucks. That would suck, right? That would suck. <laughs> and then, I, which is and, more, which is more likely, honestly. Yeah. Uh, you know, and what doesn't help either is where we live. You go on vacation to the beach and you turn on the local news to see what's going on. And what do they show? Oh, 50 sharks were swimming 50 yards offshore today. And you're like, is, was, is that my, is that the uh, condo complex I'm in? Oh, that, that's, that's normal though. Yeah. But when it still don't make when, you feel any better. When Dan and I were down there, I, I had the shark right by my feet. I mean, it was a small one. I mean, it was probably foot, two foot. I mean, it wasn't big, but it was definitely sure you tell it was. And then they ended up catching the damn thing. Um, <laughs> I still no, could have taken your calf. Yeah, not these bad boys. Oh, that's right. They're made yeah, of what's, iron. What's worse? What's worse? Death by alligator slash crocodile or shark? Probably a crocodile. Yeah. 
they're going to drown you. Shit out of you. Yeah, they'll drown you. A shark, you'd I probably think... go into shock from loss of blood first. What's worse, those or a grizzly bear? Oh. Oh. I don't know enough about the way a grizzly bear would kill you. Smack you. Would they go for a fast kill? Oh, hell yeah. I don't, I think they would maul you and you like, there's a chance you could get like disemboweled and half your face taken off. And that's a tough decision because you know, a croc will take you under and drown you. So you got like a couple of minutes that grizzly though could, could literally probably keep you alive for a while. Wow, this show has taken a weird tangent it's, turn. It's brown, it's down. That's right. <laughs> if, I, if I'm ever off west where grizzlies are, and I see one of those damn things, if it gets within 100 yards of me, tag or no tag, it's going down. Well, uh, let's let's bring the show back around a little bit. Uh, Aaron, I mentioned before yes, you got here, you're a sports fan. You go to sporting events. You're a Mississippi State season ticket holder. This is true. What are your thoughts on sporting events or cities having monopolies on sporting events? You know, like the SEC football championship games always in Atlanta. The baseball championships always in Hoover, Alabama. Uh, it would be easier for you to go to a game in New Orleans than it would be in Atlanta. So, Yeah, so we're talking about – okay, so Omaha is out of the question to move, right? Because we're talking about conference titles moving. I, I mean, we could talk about moving the World Series somewhere else. I think there'd be, well, like Omaha, for example, there'd be a pile of pushback from that one. Uh, now, me personally, like, yeah, it'd be really cool if one year uh, the the baseball championship is, like, held in Memphis or something. That's realistic for me to drive to. I don't know why it'd be in Memphis, but... Uh, somewhere that's a big city could still uh, handle a large amount of people coming in quickly. Um, basically, anywhere that's got like a, a minor league baseball stadium could work because that's basically what uh, I mean. TD Ameritrade Omaha is a little different just because of the history that's there with it, and like it was really Omaha was built around that game. That one's a little yeah. different than the other ones. Like and then the college football championship is rotating now between four locations, right? No, actually the the cha- the actual championship game is out for bid between cities bid on it. the The four bowl game, the six bowl games are rotated, or the not there's six bowl games. You know the what is it the the Peach. Uh, the Sugar Bowl, the Rose Bowl, the Fiesta Bowl, the Orange Bowl, and the Cotton Bowl. So those six bowls, four of those are going to be, or two of them are going to be the the playing game to the college football final. But the final is out for bid. So that one, it's there's no set cities that get to bid on it. It's open to everybody. Okay. The, like if the S and you mentioned this, the SEC title game, if it was held in New Orleans, it would be more easy. It would be easier for us to go see it than Atlanta. Uh, I don't even actually know what the. I think it's like five or six hours to Atlanta from the the Mississippi coast, right? Right. Yeah. It's more like the, eight. 
maybe closer to eight, yeah, between six and eight hours. Um, it'd be, it'd be cool, uh, and I don't know though. Atlanta, you couldn't make the argument that New Orleans is more in the heart of the SEC. Uh, Atlanta's, they're both kind of close to coastlines. New Orleans is on the coastline. I don't know, man. See, like, I mean, is there an argument that says it just because it's been in Atlanta since '92, since it started? You know, my thing was what I was talking to Danny about was you've got different NFL stadiums all throughout your footprint that, you know, yeah, if it's a money thing, then people in the stands, people watching on TV. I mean, the Georgia Dome holds like 80 or 90,000 people, whatever it is. But you've got state, you've got, you know, you could technically do it in Jacksonville. You could do it in Tampa. You can do it in Nashville. You can do it in New Orleans. You could do it in, well, Dallas really has the big 12 championship game but you can do it in houston i mean they all have nfl stadiums that are big now i get it it's a dome but what would be the process to change that i mean is that the is that the is it sec commissioner is that his job or or his it's probably it's the commissioner's office and probably the you'd have to get the schools, athletic directors, and presidents to agree to change it. But, I mean, I'm not talking about, you know, the process of doing it. I'm th- what is would, – would you like the idea of moving championships or sporting events to different cities instead of letting cities have a monopoly on that? Like, do you would, would. you like to see them in different, air, in different cities? I would, but I don't think average – Joe, like me, has enough power to make that happen. So, but to answer your question, yes, I would like it, but I think there's there's too many people making a lot of money off of it being in Atlanta that have the power to keep it there. Agreed. I gotcha. All right. I think Atlanta is. And I don't know, man. I don't know. See, like, if I was an Alabama fan or. You know, who, teams that have been there recently, Alabama, Auburn, uh, LSU in the last 10 years. Um, Georgia. Florida, Georgia, yeah. If I was one of those fans, well, Georgia fans would be happy with it being there, but then I'd be like, man, I want to go see my team play in the national championship and, like, maybe Atlanta's hindering that from happening. I don't know, but the – you know, Mississippi State, man, we just get excited when we're going to like a, a heck, like a. We haven't been to the Cotton Bowl in a while. That would be a huge deal. When we went to the Orange Bowl, that was a big deal. Um, if we were more frequent visitors there, I might be more passionate about it. But it'd be cool. It'd be cool. Mm. All right. This well, year's the year, man. <laughs> well, uh, I think your new head coach said that. Uh, uh, what's your quarterback's name? Sorry, Fitzgerald. Oh, Fitzgerald. Fitz. Yeah, uh, I think at media days your coach said that uh, the Heisman, the Heisman hype needed to get started or something like that. I, I don't know. He must Aaron have been on something. Good, Aaron and I had a good conversation about Mississippi State this year. I don't think you judge Morehead on this year about State because it's not his players and they're pretty loaded in good positions. You know, defensive end they're loaded. Quarterback, they're loaded. Uh, their defense as a whole is going to be pretty good. 
you know, and what he does with that, I don't think kind of tells me what he is as a coach. I think what he does in not this year, not next year, but the year after. Yeah. All right. His exact quote. His exact quote to Fitzgerald was, "Go ahead and make room on your shelf for the Heisman Trophy." Oh. It was very close to that. That might not be word for word, but it was. And I don't think he said much past that. And that might have been a tweet to Fitzgerald. He's very well spoken guy, though. I like him. He's like he's like blue collar. uh, I think from a family of welders. And he brings that mentality with him, the grind, the work ethic. Uh, it, 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 it could pan out, you know. Um, the, we might have talked about this on a previous episode, but do y'all believe that coaches have a, a life at, at the university, like a lifespan, I guess? Like Mullen came in and did nine years. If he just stayed past nine years, was he ever going to see more success than he had already seen in those nine years? Or had he expired in worth at Mississippi State and it was time for him to move somewhere else to fresh start, whatever, uh, try it, try again? And I guess under that is like if you go somewhere as a leader, you, you bring things with you and you also can make mistakes that you can't recover from at that place. So, what do y'all think? Does do all these coaches? Does Saban have a, a lifespan at Alabama? Is there ever going to come a time where he's no longer producing what he was producing? Well, I mean, I think Mullen was at that point where he wanted a fresh start. I mean, I don't think he was going to get any better, and I don't think he was going to get any worse. I think he was real stagnant um, with where he was. Saban, on the other hand, man. I don't know. He hasn't freaking stopped doing his bullshit yet. Um, it's been, what, 10 years, 9 years, something like that, 11 years that he's been there. I mean, he's not recruiting as well, you know, as he has in the past. You know, but they're still, like, top five. They're just not killing everybody like they were. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot more competition for the top-end talent. And I don't know if it's because guys are starting to see, like, hey, you know, we might not have as much chance to play here as we would other places. I, you know, I, I don't know. I think I'm, I think it's it, certainly that you're going to run into some sort of a shelf life, especially with as old as he's getting. You know, I don't, I'd give him another five years and he's going to be done. If that might that'd opinion. be a good day. Who are you telling? He, I, you can't deny it. He's a good coach, but I mean, it's just like there's, he's the best. There's this, uh, what's the term where there's layers of things? I don't know. There's 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 a disparity between Alabama and I don't know. Other other teams compete with Alabama. Don't get me wrong, but just the trends are that Alabama beats everybody every year. You know, like every now and then teams come up and and beat them. You know, Ole Miss did it two years in a row. Uh, Auburn's done it recently, but. There's certain teams Alabama just dominates, man. Like Mississippi State, the past eleven years, and it's uh, how. What's the streak against Tennessee, Mike? I think it's eleven. Eleven. I mean, that's golly, and that's not the only teams. I mean, they're just when when he retires, a lot of people are going to go thank God because he he's a fantastic coach. You can't deny it, but it's just annoying. Oh yeah, I mean he's. 
He's he's the best that's ever done it. I mean, in my and I'm a big Joe Paterno guy. I like Joe Pa, but Saban's the best. I mean, he he adapts to rule changes, adapts to everything much better and and more efficiently than what everybody else seems to. Dabo's there. Dabo's he's he's close. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see Kirby kind of take a step back or two. Um. You know, he'd have to prove that to me. Because they had some really close games. What, they beat Notre Dame last year, what, 20 to 19? Um, yeah. And they, they had a few other close games. But, uh, you know, I don't I don't see them being as strong, personally. You know, if they are, then, you know, they they proved me wrong. You know, I mean, I don't. I just don't see them being as good as they have been. You know, it's funny because what I think Gus is the only guy that's ever beat – and the SEC is the only one that's ever beat Saban. That's still Which an active coach. Fact. Yeah. You know what? Uh, LSU hasn't. Jimbo, I don't think, has. He's only been at Florida State or A&M, so he hasn't. Uh, Kirby hasn't. Pruitt hasn't coached head coach before, so he hasn't. Um, Vanderbilt sure as hell hasn't. Uh, must champ, I don't think has. You know, I mean, I don't think anybody else has beat him. Mm. Which is scary, you know, the fact that, you know, they just, they're, they're just so consistent. It's coming, though, and I whoever tries to replace that joker, good luck. Yep. You yep. never follow the I... legend. You always follow the coach that followed the legend. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't want that job, that's for sure, because uh, he he is so meticulous and detail oriented and consistent, and Heck yeah, he is. It, he's not somebody that you can replicate everything he does without actually being him. Well, it's kind so of so somebody's like gonna have the... to come in with their own flavor and yeah, try to build it up another way, but. I mean, with the Alabama name, you do recruit strong players regardless. But, I mean, there you can look at the history. Right before Saban was there, um, I don't remember the coach's name, but I know that Alabama had a little bit of a low point, a little bit of a slump. So it, it yeah, can I'll happen again. Six or seven years in a row. I mean, the state of Alabama as a whole year recruiting-wise is a little down from what it's been in the past. I mean, they got that – they got a couple kids, you know – I think Auburn's got two of the top three, the quarterback and the receiver, and then that center is supposed to be legit. Um, he's from North Alabama. But the state of Tennessee's got some talent. Boy, they got some defensive linemen down there. They got one in Gulfport. That's pretty good. This committed, I think, he may not be committed to Auburn. Auburn's got two out of the state of Mississippi. Two of the, I think there's four of them. You guys have one, and then we have two of them. And I think y'all are in it. We're both in it for the third. And they're all. How anxious are you to? How anxious are you to go ahead and begin previewing the the fall season for Auburn and the SEC? Pretty excited because I think, you know, I I think Auburn's got a chance to be really really good if they can kind of fix a few things. You know, as good of defense that Mississippi State's got coming back, and I'm not saying this because I'm an Auburn homer, but Auburn's loaded at, on the, the front seven. They're loaded. It's the, They're the best in the SEC, you know, 
There's no denying that. I don't care what Alabama fan says that. They have too many unexperienced guys, and we only lost one linebacker and one defensive end. And we're in theory, we're actually replacing them with better better athletes. Um, if we can figure out the offensive line, we're gonna be really tough. But we gotta play Washington the first game of the year in Atlanta, and Atlanta hasn't been too kind to Auburn the last two games. No, you know, it they hasn't. Lost, they lost to Georgia and Central Florida the last two games, um, but. Um, you know, I think, national I think, champions UCF. I, I think they'll be. I think if Auburn can win that first game, they're gonna they're gonna have a role. And I think it'll come down to the last two or two out of the last three with Georgia and Alabama because both those damn games are on the road. Yeah, they're gonna roll until October thirteenth. Yeah. Good luck. V Day. What? What's that? Volunteer Day. Oh, yeah? Yeah. They, Y'all they, are going to that game, right? Mm-hmm. As of right now. Well, Mike, oh, you're, no. you're in luck, man. You're in luck because the week before that, Auburn comes to Starkville. So they're going to be going back to, to Auburn a little beat up and bruised regardless oh, Tennessee's of the outcome. got Tennessee's got the worst schedule in the conference when it comes to in-conference games. We play Alabama before Auburn. No, we don't. We play <laughs> Alabama after Auburn. But you played like Georgia. Before yeah, we played Georgia. Auburn. I think we get a bye week though before we play Auburn. No, I don't think so. I think it's there. I remember it being ridiculous because it starts like yeah. South Carolina. It's like Georgia. Florida, and then maybe a cupcake, then Georgia, Auburn, Alabama, and then South Carolina. Yeah, it's Tennessee always has the toughest September or September slash October schedule. That Starkville game is going to be a tough one for us. We we never play that great in Starkville. Oh, I take that back. It's a good game regardless. I take that back. It's Florida, Georgia, Auburn, Alabama, South Carolina, and then a, then a cupcake. Yeah, they have a brutal schedule. That's why a lot of people are not thinking Tennessee will do very well this year. Um, SEC Media Days had them at like number six in the East. Is that right? Yeah, it, but it was a it was a close vote between Tennessee and Kentucky for fifth. But I, it was a real disappointment, and I can't. I, I've got to make this argument. Tennessee only got one player on the SEC. You know, the preseason SEC teams, and one of them was Trey Smith, who uh, was graded out to be the best freshman lineman in the SEC, and he was a freshman All American, but. What I the the media is just terrible at that because Nigel Warrior is a safety for Tennessee. He had like eighty eight tackles. I think he was second on Tennessee's team last year in tackles. Like twenty something were solo or thirty something were solo. He had a couple interceptions, a couple forced fumbles. He doesn't get on, but a Florida kid that had twenty tackles. I don't even think he had an interception. He makes the list as a preseason All SEC team player. It's it's like these guys just go in and they're like they're homers and they they got to get votes for their guys. But we'll see at the end of the year. We'll see I at mean, the end of the a, year. There's a lot of to be said about those first and second team. I, Auburn didn't have one on the first team, and I think you can make an argument to, for at least one to be on there um, with some of the guys they have coming back. But they oh no, Trey, Trey Smith was a first team all preseason. That's right, he was first team. Yeah, Auburn had like four guys on the second. Um, I think it was that. 
But it was it was you know the Butch Jones teams have under they have underperformed. But so they they threw up a graphic and it was like um, Georgia, Florida, Tennessee, South Carolina, like their average recruiting classes for the past four years. And I think only Georgia had a higher one than than Tennessee had, which shows that yeah they've underperformed. But it also shows that we have the talent that we should be on the preseason SEC teams. I think the team that's going to surprise people out of the East is going to be South Carolina. You can't surprise everybody if everybody's saying that. I think that's everybody's call this year. Sneaky one. No, a sneaky team would be like if Vanderbilt won it. That would that would be a surprise. South Carolina winning it would not be. I think it would be. Why? When they were picked to finish second. Everybody's giving it to Alabama or to Georgia. Yeah, but the second-place team cannot be a surprise. I think anything is a surprise outside of Alabama and Georgia, based on what everybody's hyped them up to be. Even Auburn? From what they're all saying, yeah, absolutely. What was the to West? Me, it, uh, wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a surprise if Auburn wins it and wins the West. What was the West was picked, what, Alabama, Auburn, then Mississippi State? Yes. That's the first time that's happened, like, in – Far as I can remember, actually, that Mississippi State's been picked in the top three at media days. In the Y'all West. have some talent on the defensive line, which is an important piece. They just have to. Who was the defensive coordinator last year? Was it? Oh, it was. He's he's Grantham? in Miami now. It no, it was Grantham. That's right. Grantham went to Florida, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. And he brought Rupp or something. No, Rupp is at Tennessee. Who is that? Mississippi State now. DC. The Tennessee's old one, um Bob Shoop. Oh yeah, Bob Shoop. That's the only thing that scares me is if Grantham's had good luck with people, if he this guy doesn't put those kids in the right position. Well that State. that's what I was telling Aaron earlier in the year. I was like, You better hope you get Vanderbilt slash Penn or Vanderbilt slash Penn State Bob Shoop instead of Tennessee Bob Shoop, so because he had a top, he had a top twenty defense at Penn State every year, and then he goes to Tennessee, and uh, I don't know what I don't know what it was. Tennessee was a black hole with Butch Jones apparently for talent. I mean, they have talent; they just have to put it in the right position. Uh, Defensive line will be a lot better for Tennessee this year. Maybe Tracy Rockers. He don't play no shit. Tracy Rockers, man. Mm. Well. Well, it'll be time to tell for that. Uh, what do we only got? Uh, what like a month left until like maybe six weeks until season starts. So it's time to start talking some preseason stuff on one of these next so- shows, huh? That's right. That's right. Some, we don't want uh, you don't want to give all the goodies away on the same episode. We, we've got to do our uh, worthless fortune telling just like everybody else. That's right. We're going to have to pick like the MVP of the SEC, the shock of the SEC. Uh, yeah, we'll have to make useless predictions that won't come true, except for Alabama winning it all. But uh, all right, let's let's move on to our list because I have a feeling this is going to be debated quite heavily between us. At least I feel like it could be. I mentioned it in the opening. We're going to give our top five fizzy drinks because I don't, you know, I wouldn't necessarily call if someone had like ginger ale as their favorite. That's not a soda. So, ginger ale is a soda. 
Yeah. So, all right, uh, Danny, what's your number five? And no, the, no alcoholic beverages. And okay, before we get going, if you like cherry Coke, vanilla Coke, Coke Zero, is that under Coke or are they separate things? Separate under things, Coke. man. Oh, ooh. Gotta be under. I'll comment on it when it's my turn. Alright. Alright, Danny, what's your number five? Cream soda. Uh, uh, You're crazy. I love cream uh, soda. Aaron. Okay. This is a big deal to me. (laughs) I do not like and Tristan about divorced me over this, but I do not like regular Coke that much. Like Coke Classic, Red Can. It's good. I'll drink it. And like if I if I'm out sweating my butt off on the lawnmower and I come in and drink an ice cold Coke, yeah, it's delicious. Okay. But it didn't make my top five. Diet Coke. Love it. Like I can't believe that's only number five for you. It well, you'll see. I got some good ones on here. Like I'm thinking, if like, I drink, I drink diet coke almost every day, at least one, sometimes two or three. <laughs> so that's why it's on here. But I, like, if I'm gonna treat myself, like I'm, I'm wanting to take in a little bit of sugar. I'm gonna pick one of these other things that are in the top four. Okay. I drink right. diet coke all the time though. All right. Uh, number five for me would be Sprite. Little lemon lime, little little refreshness. You know, it, it, to me, Sprite doesn't seem. I don't know if heavy's the word, but Sprite just seems to have a little something. It, it, it is refreshing, but Sprite would be my number five. Danny. I drink Sprite when I'm not feeling well. Red cream soda or regular cream soda? I meant to ask you. Regular. Uh, okay. I don't know the difference, but I know there's a difference. Um, number four, Danny. Diet Dr. Pepper. <sighs> I did solid choice. Aaron, Aaron messed my whole list up with his criteria, <laughs> so I'm having to adapt on the fly here. Diet Dr Pepper. What's wrong with regular Diet Pe- Dr Pepper? I just like the diet taste. I think it tastes great. <sighs> it it's tastes so it tastes slimming. It's not as sugary. Dr Pepper needs to. I'm totally jumping in on Danny. I'm sorry. Dr. Pepper needs to make up his damn mind, though. 23 different flavors? Come on. But it all comes together to make one. Supposedly. Uh, Aaron, what's your number four? Blue Raspberry Icy. It is carbonated. Danny, I need a ruling on that. I was going to ask you for a ruling. Because I was going to say no. (laughs) Maybe if it was a Coke Icy... No, what's, not even then. What's the, uh, I, I'm like 90 something percent sure that ices are carbonated. So they're fizzy. Can you, what pour, the, what's the, can you pour it out of a bottle or a can? That was not mentioned before. It just got mentioned. I'm going to look it up because I'm curious. But in there there's a gas station that sells a fizzy frozen drink and I thought Icy was just like it. Fish so that's why, and I, I, I We're going to let this go. Hold on, We're let's gonna proceed. <laughs> uh, I'm okay. making sure I'm checking Wikipedia. 
Oh, it is a frozen carbonated beverage, according to Wikipedia. <sighs> All right. Yep. Y'all number, know I'm right. Number four Blue for raspberry. me would be uh, good old Barks root beer, originally bottled in Biloxi, Mississippi. Now I think it's bottled mm. originally. I think now they've moved to New Orleans. But Barks root beer, you get it out of a bottle with a nice po' boy, nothing better. What about what's True number that. three for you, Danny? Hmm. I'm going to have to go. That's a tough one. See, that's why we make lists before the show. Well, Aaron's criteria ruined mine. Let's go Diet Coke. Because that's one of my favorites. It's one of my go tos when I drink soda. They don't have my one or two. (laughs) All right. Uh, Aaron, number, number three. Peach knee high. Oh. Oh. They still make that stuff? Heck yeah. 99 cents for a two liter at Chevron. <laughs> Maybe that's just because they quit making it, but Loosedale's got a surplus. <laughs> uh, yeah, my number three is going to be Mountain Dew. Ooh, uh, good one. Yeah, it's. It's it's another one of those. It's Mountain Dew's just light for some reason, and you know uh, the, they say the yellow drinks kill your sperm count, but I don't believe in that science. So I'll I'll keep chugging them down. Uh, number two for Danny, Coke Zero. All the taste of Coke, sense. not really. I think it tastes just like it. I tried one the other day, and I think y'all are crazy. I think it tastes fantastic. It tasted flat. No, you must have had a bad bottle. Aaron, number two. I, I liked it when it was Coke Coke Zero. Now it's Coke Zero Sugar, and the flavor did change, and I don't like it. What was it before now, Coke Zero? Uh, Coke Zero was it was Coke Zero. No, there used to be Coke another Zero's one before Coke Zero. Diet was, Coke. No, it was there was something in between Diet Coke and Coke Zero. Not that I know of. Yeah, I thought I thought my diet drinkers would know it, but all right. Now, like back in the day, there was new Coke, right? But that's something. Totally that w- yeah, but that wasn't a diet one. I'm gonna have to look mm. it up later. But what what was your number two, yeah. Aaron? Sorry. Well, I just wanted to say that when when we were in college, Tristan told me she could tell me the difference. She could tell the difference between Coke, RC Cola, Pepsi, Diet Coke. Coke Zero, Dr. Pepper, Root Beer. There was at least one more. Yeah, anyway, yeah you went, can. I could do it. We we went to the to the uh, gas station. I bought all of them. I sent them into her into another room. I took out uh, cups all of the same size. I poured, uh, and it was like nine or ten different flavors that we ended up with. I poured them out, and she got them all right. I was, I couldn't have done it. I couldn't tell you the difference between Pepsi and RC Cola. Hmm. That would I be like the both toughest. Of them. So anyway, uh, Coke Coke I think is easy to tell apart from those. But anyway, that's another. My number two is Barks brand cream soda. I like the red cream soda too, but I, right here I'm putting Barks cream soda. It used to that say that was the one I was referring French, to as well. 
It used to say French vanilla on the label. I don't know if it still does. I've got some in my fridge right now, but I don't that know is, if it's still That is that. one of the best things to make like a root beer float with mm. without the root beer. My number two, I'm a little more traditional than you boys, is Dr. Pepper. Give me them 23 flavors. Mm-mm-mm. All right, Danny. It comes down to this. Your, we'll call this your desert island fizzy drink. What is it? Diet Mountain Dew. I love oh, it. God, I would never want to get trapped anywhere with Danny. It's nothing but diet drinks and no sugar and no flavor. Diet Mountain Dew tastes exactly the same. Yeah. I like it. I, I prefer it over regular Mountain Dew. Me too. Sure. I prefer Coke Zero over regular Coke too. <sighs> I couldn't tell you the last time I had a regular soda. It's been a long time. You know, Danny, this is America years. where you the the land of the free where you can drink that. And I chose to buy diet and Coke Zero and I like it. That's my that's my style. Uh, apparently Aaron and Mike. I have very similar styles. Yeah, but Aaron's like lactose yeah. intolerant and he gets headaches if he drinks sugar. It's it's a medical condition for Aaron. Just like your twitch, huh? I have a motor tech, Danny. Do we really want to do you really want to pick on the disabled <laughs> on like a regional podcast? Sciatic nerve. Wow, too. Danny Danny's picking on the disabled. This is the kind of person that he is. Nothing has been Prescribed. Nothing has been identified by a, a licensed doctor. <laughs> Not none of them. This is so. When Mike eats, he, he shakes his head the whole time. He's like, it's like he's. <laughs> I don't even know. And when he gets really, really excited, he shakes it even more. <laughs> yeah, it's something I can't help. It's something I do I, that I can't control. Yeah, that's something we should make fun of. Everybody laughs at it. It's pretty funny. Yeah, I'm going to go. It's going to be cancer one day. I'm going to go throw it in y'all's face and be like, yeah, you laughed at a kid with cancer for 20 years. <laughs> the doctor is going to be like, you're a medical marvel for living as long as you did. <laughs> so how did you How did you survive so long? Well, doctor, I've been shaking my ass off for the last 20 years. He's going to be like, that's what saved your life. I hope you didn't have any friends that made fun of you. <laughs> All right, Aaron, what, what's your what's your Desert Island number one drink? Barks brand root beer. Glass bottle is great if you can get it, but often there's no refills on that, so that's a bummer. But Barks brand. I do not like IBC. I do not like Mug. I don't like Sam's Choice. Don't even give them to me. I want Barks brand. What about? And I don't like uh, Diet Barks. Okay, at least at least what that's something. That, what was that place that used to have like a restaurant that had root beer? Our uh, no A and W A and A and W. That yeah. was good. That was good root beer. Doesn't Wards have their own drink? Oh, Ward's root beer is bomb. Yeah. It's kind of like a mug, though. That was the last time I actually had a normal soda, was Ward's. That's why, that Aaron, stuff is that's why Aaron gained 10 pounds this summer. There's a Ward's down the road from his school. I know what I'm getting on Friday with my chili cheeseburger now. I'm going to try it. 
I've never Have had you never had their beer. you've never had the root beer? I I thought they had Barks root beer. No, no they, they've got their sure own. Their it. breakfast is amazing. Biscuits and gravy. Ooh, boy. I start shaking like Michael here pretty soon eating that. Yeah. Once again, Danny making fun of a disabled person. I'll be shaking around everywhere. <laughs> you know, Danny, I hope I have I hope I have cancer one day and they just like it's because it's what's caused you to, I would take cancer just to throw it in your face that you've been making fun of someone with a medical condition self-diagnosed i just want to comment that i am not a part of this conversation <laughs> oh wishing don't even, any don't kind of lie. you <laughs> laugh at him shaking and it's like oh man back hurts well actually hold on the sciatic nerve only comes out when you ask him to go work out or something to do something active now or say, right before hey. i play golf with him <laughs> yeah so he has an excuse i'm gonna go to the doctor I'm going to go. I don't like going to the doctor because you're not sick until you go to the doctor. I'm going to go to the doctor. I'm, I'm going to ask him about the head shaking thing. Heck, even though we have a friend that's a doctor, Aaron's got a brother that's a doctor. We should get them on the show and ask them. But I'm going to go to the doctor. I'm going to get an MRI on my back. And they're going to be like, you're, you've got this, this L3 and L4. It's fused. We don't know how you're walking. You must be such a man to take this pain. How, how are you even standing right now? And I'm going to be like, hold on a second. I need you to make a phone call, and I'm going to call Danny. I may record it somehow, and I'm just going to be like, hey, Doc, tell him what you just told me, and they're going to be like, your friend should not be walking right now because of no, what is going on in his back. Tell you and then you Danny, have. and then Danny's going to go, oh, oh, man, um, um, well, you're still, you're still weak. It, no, it ain't real. They're, they're going to tell you you need to go on a diet is what they're going to tell you. Yeah, yeah, I do need to go on a diet, but that, that – I was heavier than this and before in my back and it wasn't hurting. So anyway, I don't know how this got to be pick on Mike, but Michael's What's number desert, desert Island drink. It is what any good Southern boy should drink. And it's a good ice cold Coca-Cola. Maybe that's what's causing your sciatic nerve and your twitch. If you don't get, if you don't get choked by a Coke, it ain't cold enough. Or something, but that first sip of Coke should like take your breath away and be like, "Ooh, that's what that's what I needed." Coke is meant to have that bite. See, it's making you shake. I'm shaking my head right now too, Danny, for another reason. All right, everybody. Well, that's that's it for Danny today. He's got to go and. Go pick on a homeless veteran or kick a kid in a I gotta, wheelchair. We gotta take Rig 